0: Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales
1: leaders, learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is change resistance when a new leader takes the helm. I have a terrific expert today who will share with us his thoughts. Mark Carell, Mark is chairman of the Hamilton Group Funding Corporation. Prior to that he's with Chase, Guaranteed Bank and Trust, and GMAC and RFC. Hi, Mark.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Mark, let's talk about, before we get into the key topic today, talk about how did you get into managing and and talk about what was the best advice you ever heard on the topic?
0: After getting my MBA, Pat, uh, I was a financial analyst. Then an opportunity came along to be a manager um, and uh, to build a small team at a, uh, a Min- at the Minnesota Housing Finance Agency, a, a, a state government agency devoted to uh, helping folks with low and moderate income uh, housing problems. So this was uh, the launching uh, of the organization. I was the fifth employee, so it was basically a startup which was fun. And I was also excited to work for a, a public agency to see if my management skills would transfer that I learned in business school to a public agency as well as a uh, for-profit business.
1: Did you take what you learned from your, edu- your MBA or did you kind of learn to get better advice from other people that actually have managed?
0: Well, that's a good question. I'd say a little of each. Uh, certainly some of the uh, business school uh, topics were, were appropriate. But a lot of learning to manage for most of us is is on the job. We watch a boss, we watch a colleague, maybe a family member. So I'd say probably more on on the job learning and just looking at other people, asking for advice.
1: So Mark, were there books that were important to you from a manager standpoint?
0: No, the the books <laughs> I have to say yes, many books through my two years of business school. But you know, those are all the courses in economics and human relations and and uh, technology, and those those really were the background from a book standpoint. I really didn't read any how to manage better books. Uh, I do that now, but in those days, I I did not.
1: So when you look at the secret sauce that many people miss in managing, and you've managed at large companies and smaller companies, uh, talk about what is that secret sauce? Well,
0: there's more than one, Pat. First, when you get a new boss, things things are critical to do. There are three of them that I've identified. Um, ask your new boss to clearly state what his or her goals and objectives are. Number two, ask what you need to do to get an A on your report card. I'm a bottom line goal oriented guy, right? I'm Mm -hmm. an engineer, undergraduate, a graduate. So I want something tangible and and hard that I can grip onto. So I always ask my bosses in new jobs, okay, I wanna understand what you're trying to accomplish and I wanna get an A on my report card and tell me what I need to do. And number three, within the bounds of honesty and ethics, uh, make your boss look good. That's a secret sauce that I learned the hard way sometimes, make your boss look good.
1: So did you ever find having this type of conversation with your boss was hard? Because a lot of times what I see is uh, managers, when they're coming in, or even managers that have been there and they get a new boss, are really afraid to have these type of conversations. And you've been in roles both ways. Uh, Talk about, is it hard to do or uh, is it really just a smart thing and you have to do it?
0: You know, I, I, I've done it a lot of times, like you said, on both sides of the table. It's not easy. Uh, sometimes uh, with, if you're talking to a new boss, they may not want to be open with you about uh, what their goals are or what their priorities are. Uh, you never know, right? They, may, right? they may be open, they may not be. On the other side of the table, if I'm the boss, a new employee comes on, sometimes they don't want to hear what the bigger picture is. Maybe they're focused on a particular managerial job. They really don't care about the bigger issues that maybe another a layer or two or three up in the organization cares about. So a lot of it is about chemistry and, and how much chemistry you, you know, the, the boss and the subordinate have with each other. And when one of them is new, you really don't know, right? It takes a while to, to determine what type of chemistry how honest you can be, how forthright, what type of questions you ask on either side of the table. So my experience has been, again, a lot of trial and error, and um, sometimes it went well, and sometimes uh, from one side or the other. It was pretty tough.
1: Well, why don't you share today with our listeners when it went well, what did that look like? And was this somebody you knew previously who now is your boss? Or And then also on the other side, when it went poorly, um, when somebody came in or, you know, talk about the differences of what it looks like so people can understand that.
0: Yes, um I, when it goes well, I think people are honest and forthright and, and, uh, and they're open with each other. They're willing to share. Um, what I look for when I, when I talk to a new boss, like I said, I, I want to know what the goals are, how I can, how I can get an A in my report card. Um, but I also want to, want to understand, will they be my mentor? I mean, and, and will they help me succeed? Or is it all about them? Um, so that's always, if, if things go well and I say, yeah, I'll help you succeed Mark. I'll help you become a really good manager or supervisor, whatever, that's huge, right? That I know someone has my back. My boss has my back. Mm-hmm. That's really important uh, to determine that if they do or they don't, if you know them or don't know them. When things don't go as well, I think there's basically um, on either side of the table, someone's not, not willing to be open. They're not willing to be open or their style is different of communication. So um, if you don't if you don't have honesty and, and forthrightness and, uh, and a give and take, that's when it becomes difficult. Then you're in a guessing game. What does my new employee really think of me? What what does he or she want to accomplish? Um, or on the other side, um what what you know what is my new boss? Um, uh, what are his goals? So it it it, uh, it can be tricky. It's usually more difficult than it, than it would it seem to be to start out, in my experience.
1: Well, it is. That's why I'm saying it's it's very hard. I think for a lot of people to do that. So what would be? Let's say let's talk about on both sides of it. So let's say a new boss is coming in and. You know, what time period are you having these conversations? Obviously, the person's not probably going to do it on the first day. So, is it something where you wait um, a couple months, or what? What is your suggestion of when it really does work well from a timing standpoint?
0: Yes, I'm I'm a pretty impatient person, so i I'd like I like to have these discussions within two or three weeks of uh, of getting that new alignment and. It may take two or three times. It may be a lunch. It may be a dinner, um, just to have a more relaxed environment than sitting in in the office. Uh, I find that you can get so far in the office, but oftentimes being in a in a outside the office, more casual setting, people let their hair down a little bit on sure. both sides, also the subordinates. So I like the idea of maybe some in-office conversation as well as a lunch or perhaps even better, um, you know, a couple-hour dinner where you can talk some personal. Stuff to get to know each other, and then also put in some of the business. I think I find it helpful when you can people can understand each other's personal situation. How long have you been in the industry? Where did you go to school? Where did you grow up? You know those kinds of things to create some some rapport, some commonality perhaps between the two people, and I think that helps uh, the business discussions to go more smoothly. In my experience.
1: Well, talk about from the standpoint, and I know when you've gone into an organization, I'm sure in your career, where you are there to install a change, and it can be pretty drastic change. Talk about when you're new and you're and you're the the new boss and you are coming in, and the task is. Uh, isn't necessarily growth, but it's it's more about cutting back expenses, becoming more profitable. How do you get the troops recognize that? And that's a much more difficult situation than just coming in and saying, let's grow it and we're going to just add people. Talk about that for our listeners.
0: You're so right, Pat. That's the tough stuff. I've done three turnarounds in my career where I've had to come in I've had to take an unprofitable situation and turn it into a profitable one as soon as possible. A couple of things come to mind. One, really dig in and try to understand what the problem is. Sometimes it's a revenue problem. Sometimes it's a a cost problem. Sometimes it's a market share problem. Sometimes it's a product problem or it's a pricing problem. So number one, really try to understand why the company's uh, not doing well and then be able to, to start digging deeper. The other thing is to, to really get to know the people on the team. When I came into situations that are turnarounds, I needed to assess pretty quickly, could I trust um, the people that I inherited on the team? Uh, were they open, were they forthright? When I asked them, you know, why do they think the company's not doing well? I, I asked a lot of questions, and, and it was important for me to say, who's, who's gonna be on the bus? Who is not going to be on the bus? Who has the intellect? Who has the commitment? Who has the skill sets to help help turn around the company and who doesn't? And then where do I need to fill the holes? Those are really important steps that I've taken in those situations.
1: So when you say uh, resistance, which, you know, here you want to do something different And in other words, how do you address that or do you initiate the conversations with the resistors or is it, well, we'll just forget about the resistors and focus on the people that do want to adapt and and finally the resistors will kind of work themselves out. What is your thoughts on that?
0: No, I I don't believe resistors work themselves out. Uh, I've not not, uh, taken that track. if I identify resistors and and find out why they're resisting, maybe we need to close some offices and this particular manager is in charge of some of those offices and he or she said, wait a minute, that's my bread and butter. You can't do that. Right. Um, So I think identifying why people resist change, why people would resist uh, new leaders and then either get them on board and, and if they can, you know, if they can, come on board and believe in the strategies and be part of the solution, not the problem, then great. Uh, but if, if they continue to say, wait a minute, I just don't agree with the way you're going about fixing the problems, then I would uh, I would probably suggest they, they would be more successful in another company and fill that position with someone that I had more confidence in would be a good leader, a good person to uh, support you know, the heavy lifting that needs to be done. These are not easy situations. They don't, you don't turn around a company in, in two weeks. It's often uh, uh, six months and in, in most cases it's a year and uh, people need to be on board. I think ignoring resistors, it, it creates a poisonous atmosphere. Then you're going to have people saying, well, I don't believe what he or she is saying. I have a different idea. Um, they don't know what they're talking about. Um, I, I, I that, that would be my approach.
1: Well, I think that certainly makes a lot of sense. What about the situation not where you're coming uh, from the outside in, but actually you are in the organization, and now you've been promoted, and now you are been designated as the person to turn it around or to move it to some other level, that has a whole different type of dynamics because the people are familiar with you, uh, and maybe the resentment is more along the lines that you got promoted and they didn't. Um, talk about, uh, has that happened to you in your career or when you, you already have been in the organization?
0: Yes, I, it's happened a couple of times. Uh, there's certainly uh, in, in a, a couple of cases I can think of, there has been resentment, um, and there has been uh, resistance to the to the new uh, new role that I was playing. And again, uh, I believe in honesty and just talking to the people that have concerns and find out if we can if we can satisfy their concerns. if it's a if it's a strategic difference of opinion, And and my view is we need to go this way and other people think a different way, then they're not going to be part of the part of the solution. They're going to be part of the problem. So, um, yeah, that that's one of the tougher ones to to get through. And uh, but, you know, in the book, Good to Great, they talk about people uh, having the right people on the right seats uh, on the bus corporate fuss and make sure that the people are skilled and, and on board with your strategy in every key position from technology to sales to operations to human resources to finance. And it's key to have all of those key uh, department heads believing in understanding and supporting the strategy that needs to be um, uh, put in place to turn a company around or turn a department or a division around.
1: So when you see these individuals, I call them snipers, uh, when you see the snipers, in other words, they won't say the resistance to your face necessarily, but it ends up being, you know, done through other ways. And it might be someone that's been there for a long time, which does often happen. How do you handle that? When you looked at the famous turnarounds like Lee Iacocca when he did Chrysler, and this is going back a long time ago, but basically he writes about how he only had six months and otherwise the company was down the drain, that he had to actually kind of do a complete washout of individuals to bring his trusted leaders with them. obviously, that's a pretty dramatic instance. But in your experience, um, kind of, what what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a great word you use, Pat. Snipers, um, mm-hmm. because they're in hiding. They're hiding <laughs> behind rocks,
1: <laughs>
0: right? Behind right. walls. And uh, I, I tell you that the, to me, you have to have a good network of of trusted people so that when the snipers are out sniping around behind your back. You can you can hear that you can you can know that, and so I think having a network of supporters, uh, whether they're new or or, or or existing in the company, is really important. So people will be honest with me to say, "Hey, he or she is uh, is is talking nonsense. They're sniping at you, or they're sniping at your strategy," and then uh, obviously a, a, a heart-to-heart conversation uh, needs to happen pretty darn quickly. And um, typically, that uh, snipers uh, kind of our snipers because they like to be snipers and right. again, they probably deserve to uh, do their sniping in another company.
1: So when you're going into a situation, regardless of whether you're coming from the outside or you're already in there, and it's time for a new strategy, do you go through the steps typically? Or what have you found to work uh, where you're trying to get everybody to kind of share their strategy and then you're, you're ramping it up to some other strategy? Or is it where... You're in other words, having them understand you really have already selected this strategy and you really are just in, at this point, just trying to get them to have buy in kind of which ways do you typically go?
0: Actually, a combination, Pat. Uh, what I do in new situations is I will send an email to every one of the key people, mm-hmm. uh, maybe direct reports, maybe even uh, two layers down and say, I want to understand how long you've been here. I want to see a resume. I would like your opinion as to how the company uh, has gone uh, uh, sideways or downside,
1: mm-hmm. downways.
0: and uh, what, are you, what are your suggestions? What do you think we need to do to turn this company around? So I want to get a lot of input. I want to ask a lot of questions and, and I want to assimilate all of that and then probably talk to people as well. What do you mean by that? So I'm, I'm big on gathering input from the people who are in the trenches and who are leaders of the, of the company then uh, I can begin to um, uh, sort that out and see what common ideas there are. See if some make sense. A lot of them may not, but um, there's no substitute for listening to the people that are in the in, in the company and they may have different perspectives. You know, the, the HR person may not understand the financial aspects of what went wrong, but right. the financial person may not understand why the morale of the company is so bad, an HR person is gonna say, well, we don't pay competitively, we don't treat people fairly with respect to uh, annual reviews, um, we play favorites. I mean, so I think, I think getting input from um, key leaders uh, helps uh, very much to understand what they think is wrong and what they think should uh, be done to fix it. Then I would take those ideas, I would formulate what makes sense to me um, sometimes even an outside consultant can be helpful to come in and do the same type of thing uh, gather data and then uh, come in and, and say all right here's what I think they're saying and here's what I've seen in other companies as well so I don't typically use consultants too much but on occasions like this it, they can be valuable and then once I determine the key elements of the strategy then I will go back and to those same people uh, and get their buy-in and say, so, all right, you had an idea here. You had an idea there. Here's what I think we should do. What do you think? And I'll test drive it with them before I would roll it out to the whole company and see where the snipers or resistors may be then, right? Mm-hmm. They may come, they may not come out. But um, I, I'm a collaborative leader and and I think collaboration with with the, the management team in place um, is really important to understand uh, what they're good at, what their motivations are, what they're not so good at, and and try to get that behind by asking a lot of questions.
1: Well, I certainly agree with that topic. And I can tell you as the consultant who gets called into positions like this, um, that a lot of times it is a smart strategy where Um, especially when you're new to a company where you're getting a third party, because what I have found is that the troops will really tell what's going on to a third party (laughs) in a lot of ways. Yeah, they definitely will do that. Well, we've we've covered a lot. And I guess in the last uh, few minutes, if we can summarize some of the key concepts that you think our listeners should be concerned about or, Uh, being proactive and actually implementing when they go into um, a new position for them?
0: Yes. I I think it's all about the people at the end of the day. uh, Mm -hmm. So I think uh, getting to know the people, whether you're the new boss or you have a new boss is really important. Uh, Spend that social time, spend that business time understanding each other as best you can and getting to know the other people on the team. Um, I think uh, making sure that uh, you listen a lot, really do a lot of listening is that we have two ears and one mouth. And I think there's a reason for that. (laughs) We can, we, if we have our two ears open, we can probably learn more than when our one mouth is open. And uh, I, I I believe that sincerely. Um, Finally, I, I, I I go back to uh, something I heard from Lou Hulse, the renowned college football coach. He gave a, a speech to. me. Uh, I was at a bank one time, and he gave a, a a great speech. And he said three things. I'll wrap up with this. He said, uh, on my football team, or in my businesses, or in my family, he said, I I ask people to, and to do three things. Number one, do what's right, have integrity, have honesty, be forthright. Number two, do your best, work hard, put your put your full effort into your job. And number three, treat other people as you like to be treated the golden rule. Be nice to people. Don't be a jerk, and uh, treat people fairly. Those three I've I've learned work really, really well. And I and I tell all new employees in my companies, uh, please try to do these these three things in our company. Uh, whether you're you're the front uh, front desk person or you're a, a C-level person. Those three tips from Blue Hulse uh, are are things that I've found to be very valuable in any kind of uh, corporate situation or or government situation or nonprofit situation. Do what's right, do your best and treat others like you want to be treated.
1: Well, that, Mark, is a great way to end this uh, podcast today. So I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. Listen to our next podcast. Thank you.